0: This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. We are killing it online. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons, 3 to 7 on WSJS.
1: We're back at it on a rhinestone cowboy Friday. Glad to have you in with us here on WSJS News Talk Sports for the Triad, where it's me, WD, filling in for Josh Graham out at a wedding. Glad to have you in with us. I want to get to Aaron Rodgers. And if you missed it, he had his... Contract restructured the other day and he didn't divulge details as to what that means or what the details were but th- it did come out Tom Pellicero put this out just the other day so what he's done is he signed uh, a $75 million guaranteed contract and this is going to go through the 2024 season and it's it's less it is less money than what he was originally supposed to get He was supposed to get like $110 million guaranteed, uh, and that was with his old deal with the Packers. So he's taking definitely a lot less money. And kind of what I want to get to here is like one thing for me, like whenever I like with people I listen to as far as like sports radio or sports content, because I mean, yeah, I put out sports content, but like I like to listen to it, too. Numbers and stats and figures and things like that—that's great. They have their place and they tell their own story. But I like to try and relate something to real life mm-hmm. if I can, and something that like, like something my grandmother <laughs> could like turn on and not even necessarily realize she's listening to a sports show. It's like, oh man, like I can relate to that. Like I understand what you're talking about, and, yeah. or a story that she just gets, not just a bunch of stats. And with Aaron Rodgers, the things that the thing that sticks out with me is. He gets it in the sense that, like, you have to take less sometimes to be able to put more into, like, a business or, like, a team. Like, I remember Tom Brady, I think he kind of did something like this with the Patriots all those years. Like, a lot of people debated, like, is he getting underpaid? But, like, that's what allows you to bring in more good players. Is like Because sometimes you can be too greedy. And if you recall a few years ago, Aaron Rodgers... He tri- He got the bag. I don't remember the exact number, but when he was with the Packers those last few years, he got the bag, but he got every last dollar he could get. And it came at the expense of being able to pick up other good players. And it came at the expense of adding other talent and ultimately what you want to win. Like, he's not lacking for money.
2: He is definitely not lacking. He's set.
1: At this point, it, like, it should be about adding more. Because, I mean, he's on the back end here. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'm going to... It's so hard to not say he's still in his prime because he, he 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 just goes and proves it every year. He goes and proves it every year. So, he's, like, at the very end here of his he's prime-ish. Teetering. Yeah. Like, he... And so, like, he knows this is the time. And so, this new deal, he's going to take less for a shot at a ring or two in New York. And... It reminds me of Tom Brady with the Patriots. It reminds me of Tom Brady, I know for sure, with the Buccaneers, because that's what allows you to bring in, you know, your Leonard Fournette's, your, at the time, Antonio Browns, mm-hmm. um, even though we see how that— That was short-lived. That was short-lived. Yeah. We see how that turned out, but— $35 you,
2: million is a heck of a cut.
1: It Ooh. is. Well, and and to me, it makes it that much more impressive of like, okay, like— He's looked himself in the mirror, and he understands, like, if I want to win, like, I have to have other things around me. Like, I can't mm-hmm. just do this by myself, especially in football. Like, basketball, you can ride a LeBron or a KD, maybe to the comp- – like, we saw LeBron do it. We'll talk about him a little later. hit some news on him today. Uh, but we saw him take teams by himself, essentially, in Cleveland to the finals. But when you go up against a juggernaut like the Golden State Warriors, you can't really sustain that – Unless you get some magic like you did in 2016, which was still the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And speaking of those Warriors, like with KD, like the Dynasty Warriors legitimately, I mean, there's a lot of people out there who would still consider them a Dynasty just because like, they've still been able to win even without KD and win another ring. But I mean like when they were a juggernaut. Yeah. Like the whole reason they were able to do that well, was because Steph, I believe, took less money. Clay true. took less money. I think Dray even, Draymond even took less money to be able to have KD around for a little while and actually make a run at some stuff for a few years. And so, and and the reason I, I equate it to a business kind of, I, sometimes I get off track, but like kind of getting back to the point of like how this is like real life is like, if you're a CEO of, or you're trying to start your own business or you're an entrepreneur, whatever it is, like. The smartest thing you can do to grow your business when you make some money is to take the majority of that money and reinvest it and to pour it back into the business. You know, not buy a new whip, (laughs) some off-whites, a big old Rolex that looks like a a timepiece out in Times Square, Mm
2: -hmm. or
1: Big Ben in England. Like, that's, that's all well and good. But like, if you really want to have that life where you've got like stuff or things like or cars or whatever, like try investing that money back in the business for a little while. Keep your head down, kind of eat crap for a little while, and you know you're gonna grow something that it's like wow. Like if they, if you really want to be about that life, that's that's how you get it. And so that's what like this uh, Aaron Rodgers story with the New York Jets. That's what makes me. That's what it makes me think about because so many people were critical of him even when he got paid in Green Bay. But they couldn't bring anything else aboard, so like you, they really were not able to break through the seal of the NFC title game that they went to a few times. Um, and so I think Aaron is finally getting it, finally turning over a new leaf. Well, it's starting out like he is. It it, it is. I yeah. mean, he I, I don't know. He seems ha- like I don't know about all the psychedelics or whatever. Else. I don't care. <laughs> like people people get all bent out of shape about stuff like that. Like I don't know anything <laughs> about it. All I know is Aaron does look happier. He does. I don't know if it's because of his darkness retreat where he lived like a hobbit in a hole. See? <laughs> I've seen I've seen the hobbit. I've it, seen the hobbit. I get that reference. But anyway, Aaron Rodgers, less money, more pieces. Mm, might result in some hardware, a ring, a trophy. Coming up, it's the one you guys wanted. We're going to talk to the new quarterback that's taking over the reins for Wake Forest, Mitch, Mitch. Griffiths. Coming up next
0: on The Drive. So we heard from Chase Jones. We've heard from Michael Juergens. we got to talk to the quarterback. Mitch Griffiths from Wake Forest is joining us here on WSJS. Hmm. How many questions have you gotten about the last quarterback that was at Wake this today? How many times have you been asked about him?
3: If I've got asked, let's say I've gotten asked 250 questions. I'm going... 10%, 25
0: Okay, here's the goal. This is my promise to you. We'll talk for the next five minutes, and I'm not going to ask you I appreciate about it. him. Okay? I was
3: thinking about bringing note cards and just having, like, answers to give to people, just like three different answers I'd hand out.
0: Right it th- yeah, that's, a, that's write a great idea. Here's my down. prepared statement yeah. <laughs> on Sam Hartman. I like him.
3: Obviously, all positive things. Can't thank him enough. That's it. I, did,
0: I, I love that dude. I like him. I hope he does well, except one week this year.
3: Exactly. That's basically what I've said. A thousand times today.
0: That's see, I could I could play quarterback at Wake. No way I couldn't do that. <laughs> I could just I could do this part of the job. But it is kind of interesting. Like a lot of people, whenever there are new quarterbacks, um, ask about preparedness and these types of things. You're stepping into the shoes of somebody who started as a true freshman in 2018. Jamie Newman was a freshman when he started at, fr- at first. John Wolford, Dave's first quarterback, started as a freshman as well do So do you does that give you confidence knowing that other quarterbacks who have preceded you in this offense that Warren and Dave has had guys who had far less experience than you have in the system?
3: Yeah, I, I think the thing that really you know made me feel good about where I was at when, when coach Clawson pulled me aside and, uh, before the spring and uh, after Sam had left and, and he was like, "Hey, you were here for three years with Sam. You saw the good years. you know when, when Sam got here, he wasn't the player that he was today." And that took time for him to get there um, and developed into the player he is. He, he struggled at first as a lot of freshmen would in that position. Um, no knock on Sam, obviously, he a young guy. Um, and obviously he grew throughout his career and became, you know, an all-time ACC legend. So that, that you know, kind of calmed me down and realized, you know, there's going to be, you know, you're going to go through experiences that you're going to go from. And as long as you take um, negatives as, as learning opportunities and not failures, um, then you'll be fine. And, and that, that I, helped, and I appreciate that, Coach Claus.
0: How much did playing in that opener last year while Sam was out serve as satisfaction, or how rewarding was it for the patience you have to have to be a wake forest quarterback before you step on the field as the starter
3: yeah it uh you know it it was cool it, it was an awesome experience and, and uh you know I'm, I'm never complacent but i I was proud of myself for for how i for how I played in that game and um, how I stepped in and and did my job and allowed our team to to get the win um, and helped our team the best way I could. But it was great for me, you know, physically and mentally, um, just getting that experience, getting those reps in a game and, uh, you know, dealing with being the starting quarterback and talking to media and being the leader of the team that week. And um, those, those, that week was invaluable for me. Um, Just I got to learn so much and really take those little nuggets that I learned and, and, yeah use them you know, in the spring and then now upcoming this upcoming season. It's
0: Wake quarterback Mitch Griffiths that's with us here on WSGS ACC kickoff in Uptown Charlotte. So, here's what I know about Wake. Having lived in Winston-Salem now for the last five years or so, it's a small campus. Mm-hmm. You come across people who play in other sports. So, How tight were you with many of the guys that we watched in Omaha this year, the Wake baseball team making that run?
3: Yeah, I I got pretty tight with some of those guys. Got to give a shout-out to my guy, Seth Keener. Yeah. Uh, Seth Keener, the legend, White Sox legend. Um, He's a good dude, man. Seth's a great guy. It's fun watching him play. Brock, too. Brock's a great guy. Always saw Brock around campus and, and, you know, out at restaurants and stuff. Shout-out to Brock for for that uh, being drafted so high, and he's going to do awesome uh, for the Brewers. So excited for those guys, and they're all great dudes. They work really hard um and it's unfortunate that our seasons didn't overlap because we didn't really get to spend much time with them because they're so busy in the spring we we're so busy in the fall but you know those few weeks in winter time and our seasons were kind of at a low, we got to hang out with them a good good amount they're they're good guys
0: well you, you have opportunity now to hang out with Seth Keener when he's with the Winston-Salem Dash yeah
3: yeah definitely definitely gonna see you know yeah I'll definitely see him around Seth, Seth's a great dude
0: you gonna go to some Dash games now of course with, we love going to the,
3: yeah we love going to the Dash games uh I mean, we always go to the dash games. Now that Seth's going to be there, of course I'm going to go.
0: You know, Clausen used to be a huge baseball guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, like, he used to be able to rattle off, like, 70s Pittsburgh Pirate lineups. Oh, I, bet. I bet. Like, the entire lineups of those teams.
3: Yeah. I'm sure he'd love to get back to that, but, you know, with the nature of college football, it's, it's hard to sit down and watch a night in the baseball game nowadays.
0: Little thing, yeah, a lot of things happen. Are you a baseball fan?
3: Love baseball. Who do, I do you love root for? baseball. Um,. Unfortunately, right now, I'm a Washington Nationals fan.
0: Oh, I'm an um, Orioles fan.
3: Yeah, my, my dad's an O's fan because when he grew up in my area, the Nats weren't there yet. They're still the Expos. So I do have some love for the O's, um, but I, I do have to give my allegiance to the, to the Nationals, unfortunately. Yeah, see,
0: you need to give Jurgen some crap about this. He hasn't picked a team. I mean, he's, he's from Maryland. He, said, he does the thing that people used to do in North Carolina where – you would have a Robert Griffin the third jersey and a Cam Newton jersey. Yeah. You figure yeah. out who's good. Yep. 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 So that's what he's doing. He's an Orioles fan this year, but oh, of in course. past years he was a Nats fan.
3: I'd love to be an, o- an O's fan right now. I, lo- I love Adley Rutschman. Um. Adley is, is a dog. I love Adley. I love Felix Bautista on the mound. He he brings it velocity-wise. Um, obviously, got some young prospects: Gunnar Henderson and uh, Grayson Rodriguez, and just picked up Holiday too. So I think the O's O's are a good team to root for right now. I might have to switch over to the to the O's side right now.
0: You hearing this, WD? <laughs> I hear it. I you hearing hear this? This guy legit is a baseball fan. Yeah, proving it. He knows proving his it. stuff. Knows his stuff. I'm all about it. Adley Rutschman used to be a football player, by the way. Yep, yep, yep. Big Wednesday guy. There's that video of him tackling Christian McCaffrey on a kickoff. Which Is that right? To, yeah, which leads to the question. Mitch Griffiths, if you're on kickoff.
3: <laughs> We're in trouble. <laughs> Something bad has happened. Something very bad has happened. <laughs> Dep- depth issues. Yeah, we, we, there are more problems than me. On, we, we are probably not winning that game if I'm on kickoff.
0: Does Glosson tell you when you throw a pick to get just get out of the way?
3: <laughs> uh, no, no, of course not. Um,
0: Make the tackle.
3: Yeah, if I can. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen much. But, yeah, if I'm on kickoff tough yeah we, mitch have of, we have a lot of issues
0: <laughs> have, have hopefully you're never on kickoff and hopefully you have never not a lot of issues this year i hope not we'll see you in a few weeks thanks for doing that yeah thanks so much that's weight quarterback mitch griffith is-
4: let's get the show
0: going it's the drive with josh graham
1: Back at it on a Rhinestone Cowboy Friday Drive. Glad to have you with us here on WSJS News Talk Sports for the Triad. WD here in place of Josh Graham today. He's at his sister's wedding. Congrats to her. Um, I kind of wanted to get to this Sean Payton news from, I guess, yesterday. Again, like, we've been at ACC kickoff all week long, and we've had such a microscope on that. Um and ACC matters just in general, that we really haven't had a chance to get to a lot of the NFL stuff that's been going on, such as these comments by Sean Payton. <laughs> if you don't recall, the Broncos didn't do very well last year. <laughs> they <laughs> so, didn't do good, Greg.
2: Oh, they didn't.
1: Uh, they, they made it seem like Seattle pulled off one of the great heists of NFL offseason stuff, <laughs> if that's a term I just made it up. Um, they they pulled off a heist in sending Russ to Denver and Geno Smith made himself look like a stud last year. He sure did. I think we're gonna get a clear picture of really who got the better into that trade this year after a second year. Like that was one year. It could be a fluke. Like I don't know if Geno Smith is gonna be able to do what he did last year again. Maybe he will. I mean, I I he seems like a really cool dude. He seems like a cool dude, and obviously it has nothing to do with his play on the field. I know, but. You like to root for guys like that, so we'll see. Maybe he'll surprise all of us again. Um, and we'll see what Russell Wilson's gonna do now that Sean Payton's got the controls. Because um, he, now looking at him in a lot of these interviews he's done at training camp and and things like that, he's leaned up a bit. He was a little pudgy. He's a little little thick. Coming La- in the season last year, he yeah. was a little pudgy last year, um, and he looks like he might be on his P's and Q's this time around, because I'm sure he heard all the chatter uh, for the 5-12 and Denver Broncos who did not make the playoffs. So, Sean Payton, this is his first year, and this is what he said in an interview with USA Today. Everybody's got a little stink on their hands. It's not just Russ. It was a poor offensive line. It might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL, There's the shot at Hackett. Um, That's how bad it was. He goes on. It doesn't happen often where an NFL team or organization gets embarrassed, and that's what happened here last year. He goes on to say part of it was their own fault relative to spending so much bleeping time trying to win the (laughs) offseason, the PR, the pomp and circumstance, marching people around and all this stuff. We're not doing any of that. The Jets did that this year. There's another shot at Hackett because he's there as a coordinator now.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Uh, and then he goes on. You watch. Hard knocks. All of it. I can see it coming. And then another uh, little line he had in this interview was, everything that they did last year, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have the exact quote. Everything they did here last year, we are doing the opposite.
2: So there's the comments. Didn't he also say, I'm mad if if we don't make the playoffs? with this team he
1: he very well may have and you know what he probably should be because (laughs) that's one thing like in our world today maybe more so than ever like you see it with technology you see it with i mean i mean with ai and i know a lot of people don't like to talk about ai but like with just tech technology doesn't care about your feelings right it doesn't with ai and you know, voice, like, we, like you've got your Alexa right now. Like, you might have said it today. Hey, Alexa, turn on the drive with Josh Graham. You might have. Yeah. Like, we have easier access to things than ever. The same is kind of true in the NFL with whether it's you taking a new job as a coach or whether it's you being drafted as a top quarterback like Bryce Young and the Panthers. Like, the timeline is short. The window is very short for the time you're going to have to make something happen and Sean Payton knows that and he knows like yeah i got to get this done pronto like <laughs> we got to we got to get going in the right direction and fast like you just you have to uh, or else you know your your job might be on the line like you're seeing it with all again like all these quarterbacks like people like Joe Burrow who are taking the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl i believe in 2 seasons i think Justin Herbert and the Chargers, even though they're still working on some things, like you see, like the splashes he's making and like the impact he's already made, yeah, uh, and things like that. So,
2: you know, me being a San Francisco fan,
1: oh, that's right, you are,
2: yeah, right, yeah. I, I I tend to look at the Chip Kelly effect. Oh yeah, when he came into San Francisco, he cleared house just about. Yep, and um, didn't do too well. No, no, <laughs> didn't do too and well. And he was
1: very well known.
2: Right before that, but I think without him being in in that position, we wouldn't probably wouldn't have
1: Kyle Shanahan
2: probably to not to redo
1: and who everything. You, and who do you not hear much about these days? Trey Lance. Yeah, Trey Lance. You, you know, don't hear much about Trey Lance. It's old no. Mr. Purdy. Yeah, and maybe Sam Darnold. Like you, you don't hear much. And was Garoppolo when he was there. You just don't, you don't hear much about Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. I, that one's a weird one to me. Like I feel I feel like he's still got something, but. Yeah. To the point of this conversation, like you gotta show it fast. You have to get results. And if you don't, even if you're capable and you have the potential to, and maybe would, sometimes you don't get a long enough leash to find out if that's true. So Sean Payton knows that. And you actually since you brought up cleaning house and things like that, it makes me think about Colorado mm. with Prime. Ah. And Dion. Like They're heading to the Big Twelve now from the Pac-12, and a lot of people had some issues with him cleaning the house (laughs) quite literally over there. Like he he said it, like that first interview or that not even that first like meeting that was videoed of him and the players. Like he told him like I'm coming Mm -hmm. and I'm bringing my own luggage. He's not going to be like Charles Barkley when Charles came to Greensboro for the NSMAs two years ago and get his luggage stolen.
2: Right. He coming with the Louis Vuitton. Prime's got his luggage. He's you know coming with, Don't with you the worry Gucci about that. luggage. He's like, coming. He,
1: yeah, he's coming stacked. Like I'm going to start calling him Dirt Devil because <laughs> he cleaned the mess. He cleaned up the house. Now, we'll see if he actually cleans up the mess and like yeah. turns it into something. A nice house. We'll see. But a lot of people did have some issues with him saying that and kind of how harsh he put it and some of the meetings that reports were saying that were being had there and essentially like telling like, you ain't going to cut it here. like You may as well go ahead and hit the portal now. Like it ain't going to happen. But this is where being an ex-college athlete comes into play for me. And I have a little bit of a different perspective on these things. When people like get upset about that and think that's kind of harsh, I'm like, I think there's a difference between like being disrespectful and uh-huh. being abusive and, and and with your words or and maybe sometimes not your words, and then there's that, and then there's actually being like discipline and like you know cracking cracking the whip a little bit. Well, I don't. I think Colorado had. I think they had two wins last year. I, I'm I may be wrong on that, but it's something to that tune, and mm. it was bad, and Prime. Again, he knows he ain't got long. Right. He's, he's prime. He is. But he ain't got long to turn this puppy around. And so he had to, he's Dirt Devil. He had to clean the house. And so, So you, you think
2: know, Sean Payton's going to do the same thing over at Denver? Well,
1: I, I, I think what I'm, with Sean Payton, it's more so, again, like the, I think the comparison I was making is people were upset by these comments that uh-huh. he said uh-huh. and kind of how harsh and how he kind of called out Hackett a little bit and called out what the Broncos did last year a little bit. but Shots fired. Was, but to the point of what I'm saying with, like, cracking the whip a little bit, they stunk. They didn't make the playoffs. Dude, you guys are sorry. You had Russ. So. With Russ. With Russ. Mm. With Russ. And so I have no pro Like, it's called accountability. Um and I mean Nathaniel Hackett, he didn't even make it out of the year. He didn't make he didn't make it a whole season over there. He got axed. Like some of the two of the worst jobs we've seen in in recent memory and period in the NFL was Nathaniel Hackett and Urban Meyer in Jacksonville, because he didn't make it the whole year either. There's, there's a lot of coaches that come in and stink, but they get, at least get a, a year to try and figure it out. But I
2: like the emphasis on stink.
0: Stink. It's the drive with jobs.
1: At it on a Rhinestone Cowboy Friday. You are listening to The Drive with Josh Graham. Only I'm not Josh Graham now, am I? I'm WD executive producer of The Drive while Josh is away at his sister's wedding. And I watched Josh's favorite movie last night. I did that. Actually, I watched it this morning. Uh, Josh has this thing where he calls me a procrastinator because like I wait so long to watch these movies till literally. Sometimes the last possible minute. But I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'm a procrastinator, actually. I, I prefer to describe it as, I just try to fit a lot of things in. So things get pushed back sometimes. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not a procrastinator. I just like to try and squeeze as much as I can out of my time as possible. So I stack a lot of things. But anyway, that's my explanation to that. I'm sure it won't be acceptable to Josh, but anyway. So 500 Days of Summer. It's his favorite movie. Uh, which is something that I've not seen his favorite movie already since he is the movie guy around these parts. I'm the Star Wars guy. He's the movie guy, just in general. And this, I wasn't sure what to expect in this movie because, like, 500 Days of Summer, like, what, what is this about? Like, I thought maybe it was, like, about a summer camp or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, I watched it, and let me explain to you why this movie was just painful to watch.
0: You're talking about Star Wars obi one has taught you well Movies aren't exactly Will's thing I don't get it You uncoxed swine But that's about to change because Josh can't stand it anymore This is At The Movies with Will Dalton
4: <laughs>
1: What are you laughing at over there?
2: <laughs> the way you just cringing, like I can't wait to just get this off off my chest
1: I do need to get this off my <laughs> chest because I'm gonna take a sip of water before this <sighs> you might know mm-hmm. I am a single guy a happily single guy I'm all set and ready whenever like I do meet the person I'm looking for but I'm very selective I'm very picky it's not that I can't find somebody gosh darn it like I'm just I'm very selective and I enjoy my single life as a bachelor I do and when that person comes along that I I'm looking for, great. But until then, I'm also great. That's not the case for the man in this movie. <laughs> Our guy, Tom, who is played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh. I don't know that I'd seen any movies of his up, up till now. Um, now sense uh, What's that? Sit-Sense. Nope.
2: I see dead Wait, people. You see
1: that button over there that says, well, f- it's yellow. No, 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 on the, on the keyboard there. Oh. Hit it. Hit that one? Hit right. That. This one?
2: Well. That
1: one. That's our sound anytime I don't know a movie because Josh just is, is sick of it and he doesn't think it's interesting for me to just say no or I don't know. Uh, well. So that's that's why we have Steve Forbes do that. Um, wow. Yeah. Well. So I was pleasantly surprised to find out the character whose name is Summer was uh, Zoe Deschanel who, what's that show she's on? Uh. Something Girl?
2: Something Girl? It's not...
1: Uh, I forget. Cheap the, Girls? No. Rich Girls? No. I, I know I've, she was in Elf. She may... I, I think she was. I have seen that one thanks to... New Girl. New Girl. New Girl. Yeah. So I yeah, have... Yeah, she was. Yeah, she is. A yes. I'm a, I'm not a massive movie nerd, but I do like my shows. Okay. I do like that. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised to see her. I enjoy her in New Girl. And... Very early on, the guy who plays Paul, who is either Tom's roommate or his brother. I, I think it's his brother. Is the guy who uh, is in Criminal Minds. He's the nerd from Criminal Minds. Matthew Gray Goobler.
2: That's one of Jeffrey Griffin's... Love his... that. Yeah, he's a fan of him.
1: Love. I love him in Criminal Minds. So, I was very excited about the cast of this movie. So, the movie is essentially about this guy who... Uh, uh, he works at this place where Summer comes to work. She's been hired at this place where he works. And this guy—this gla- guy's clearly never been with a girl as an adult. <laughs> like, he, he he sees her. She's very attractive. And all the signs are actually there. It was very confusing how this pl- Actually, no, it's not. All the signs were there. Like, it was the typical, like, he's in the elevator when she gets on. And it's literally just them staring straight ahead in the elevator. That uncomfortable silence. Awkwardness. That awkwardness where you would typically, oh, I don't know, say, Hello? How are you today? You new around here? Nice to meet you. I'm Will. What's your name? That doesn't happen. So I'm trying to remember... She just kind of awkwardly looks over at him and and engages conversation because he won't do anything because he's too nervous. Find yourself
2: screaming at the screen,
1: shoot your shot, dude! Yes, And so it starts off early off that she kind of seems interested in him. And they go out on some dates. And the 500 Days of Summer, like, the, the movie actually starts out where they've broken up. And he's crushed and heartbroken. And sopping around like a sad dog oh my god what
2: went wrong yeah
1: and and keep in mind when he first meets this girl like what what also makes the elevator scene so ridiculous is the fact that he's he's noticed this girl for a while now he's very attracted to her and like wondering if she's looking at him or thinking about him is the is the root of his existence it's all he thinks about and we've all been there (laughs) <laughs> I have I've been we've all I've, been there I've definitely been there where literally every thought and, and second of our day for the most part is dedicated to thinking of that when that person hasn't even doesn't even know you exist anyway that's what made the elevator scene scene so ridiculous now one of the things I did like about this movie was the fact that they were playing weed tennis in it <laughs> they were playing some wee tennis him and his little sister I think I love weed oh, tennis sweet. Josh was talking yeah, about. Too. Yeah, jo- Josh was talking about this uh, with some of the guys in Charlotte. Some of the recommendations for ACC kickoff moving forward is that they should have a ping pong table because football players love ping pong. Like JC Horner, guy mm-hmm. that was the whole reason for the "Send Me That Cash App" family drop. Talking about Jace, or uh, Brian Burns, and he literally showed send us "Send
5: Me the, That Cash App" family
1: that showed us the tally. Good job finding that, by the way. I didn't. I didn't pre cue that. Showed us the tally. And, like, Shannon Sharp used to talk about how, like, he was, like, legit on that ping-pong table. So people like ping-pong. I love... We need a Wii Tennis around here. We do. Like, in my studio over there, just a little... Like, I don't need a big TV, but something I can play Wii Tennis on. That's what I need instead of a ping-pong table. Anyway, that was one of the things I did like about the movie. I have a Wii. I can bring it in. Let's go. We're going to make it happen. Yeah. This movie had so... Now, this movie... Was so, cl- had so many cliches. Again, the way it's the, it's his whole existence is obsessed with her. It's literally all he thinks about. So then, when they do finally inevitably start to hang out a little bit, and things are getting a little hot and heavy, if you catch my drift, mm-hmm. she whispers to him, or like when they're just kind of hanging out at his place, I don't want anything. Noth- I'm not looking for anything serious. Just so you know. What? <laughs> That's the pin in the balloon right there. Because he thinks, like, oh my, this is actually going to happen. Like, I'm actually going to be able to be with this person. And then she throws in the, I'm not looking for anything serious. Wow. Which, and, and of course. Is this after the bounty go wow wow? No, before. Before? Before. It hadn't gotten to that point yet. Oh, wow. But the point is, like, they had hung out, and it, and it actually seemed like, okay, like she's interested in him. But then she hits him with that. And it basically says, like, "Eh, I'm not really looking for anything serious. You're just maybe one of many. That type of deal. And, you know, like a poor puppy dog, he takes it. And he's like, okay, I'll take that. That's fine. So, actually, the point I'm getting... So, whenever that... Another thing I liked about this movie, whenever the inevitable... Another cliche was, like, kind of the morning after when, you know... Yeah. When just the world is a different color and colors are brighter and the sun's shinier and everything. And that... He literally, he walks up to a reflection of a TV and it's Star Wars, A New Hope. And when he like looks at his reflection or himself in the TV reflection, it's the scene where Han Solo at the very end of Star Wars, New Hope gets the medal from Leia and she just, and he winks at her. And so when he looks at his reflection in the TV, it's actually Han Solo just winking at him. It was beautiful. (laughs) It was fantastic. So I'm kind of out of time here. This movie was a hard eye roll. But, you know what? I actually kind of liked it. Oh. I actually kind of liked it. In the sense that, in the end, here's the punchline. In the end, it was a rom-com that wasn't the typical, you know, like the guy does all this sappy stuff and then they end up together. Because I hate to break it to you, but sometimes in real life it does not end up that way. God, oh. it, the girls will run for the hills real quick. Yeah. And she just kind of strung him along. And he took it and was like a mopey sad dude and then angry at people when he got dumped at the end. But then at the very end of the movie, after he's gone through all this and he finally gets it and realized I need to do something with myself and and pick myself up and actually be productive and actually because he wanted to be an architect, but he put that down because he was obsessed with this girl all the time. He finally picks that up and then he does meet this very much more attractive girl at the end of the movie. Okay. And he's very suave and casual, and he, he could take it or leave it. And he wants to go out on a date, but she's like, ah, I'm actually busy today. she's so he's like, okay. He turns and walks, and then she, of course, reconsiders. Oh, that that was too easy. Actually, I can. That. that. So I actually did like this movie. All but right. I if,
2: thought I, that was going to be my question is, did he did. find his true passion in its architecture, right? He did.
1: He did. Hmm. So, anyway. And he fell in love. He did. And that's been At The Movies with the W.D. <laughs>
2: yeah. Wonderful. Yeah.
1: So I actually did really like the movie. It was just seeing his behavior was such an eye roll. I the movie itself was I actually I really enjoyed. I it. take it for the
2: day. guy that's like, I'm going to head out.
1: Uh, yeah, I would. <laughs> that's why this was such an eye roll because I'm like, my gosh, stop. Anyway, find out Next. Why Emmett Moorhead and me might have to be best friends. Next
0: on The Drive. Here at ACC kickoff with Emmett Moorhead from Boston College, who's kind enough to join us here. Boston We're in College. uptown Charlotte, which we need to get to a bit that we've had here on the show. You don't know this Emmett Moorhead, but this is a Boston College radio show that you're on because I did a television interview one time, and I was talking about you guys. And I made like a scrunched up (laughs) face when I said Boston College. So every time you guys are mentioned, this drop plays on our radio show. Boston College. Yeah. Great. So we root for you guys. And another reason to root for you, sweet flow. For those who are watching on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, and we got, can you make yourself bigger, WD? I, I, I can, I so can. So we can see it side yep. by side. Mm-hmm.
4: Hey, like I, I, I that's what I'm talking about. That's
0: our producer, yeah. Will, who's back in our studio. That's it. He's inspired by, like, the late Patrick Swayze mm. with the look that he's going well, for. got it down. How about you? Like, what's inspired the Emmett Moorhead flow? Will. <laughs>
4: right there. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, that looks great, man. I appreciate yeah. it. See, you now it. need to
0: grow the beard out a little well, bit, Will. It,
1: well, we're, we're trying. We're trying.
4: It's not HD. That's why. I, I, you know, that's, right. It's not, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's it. He's I'm got the playing. long Patrick Swayze yeah. hair. Yeah. You've
0: got the beard going on. Yeah. Would you call – you are – I am a redhead.
4: No, no, no. Don't.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> I, I am. I'm proud of it, uh, though. See, like, <laughs> oh, no. you are, you're a quarterback. Yes, sir. So you'll appreciate the fact that literally – Right down the street from where we sit is Bank of America Stadium. Right. You know who calls Bank of America Stadium home? Who? The Red Rifle, Andy Dalton. Ooh. So, like, I'm right. just saying, like, what, right. what, what is the list of redheaded quarterbacks that we've got in terms of like the great ones? Not long. It's, 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 it's Andy Dalton. Long. Maybe Brennan Armstrong. Seen him running around. Mm-hmm. And you, right. you, you're, you're on this list. Happy to be here. You are. So, what is um? today-like for you in the sense of, all right, I'm here to talk about Boston College, but I'm also here to talk about or converse, perhaps, with all the players that I'm going to be playing against.
4: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I think all of us that are here are just really excited. Camp is right around the corner. Season is right around the corner. And that's really why we're here. I mean, if you look at how much time we spend actually playing football in a game, it is a very small percentage of the entire amount of time we spend training and lifting, watching film, doing extra work. So we're all excited to get to play. And camp is the stepping stone for that. So there's a lot of, lot of excitement heading into that.
0: You want to take a guess what that actual number is, how much live action, how much action there actually is in a football game?
4: Yeah, I'd say it's less than, it's around 1% of the total amount of time we're playing. A football game compared to the amount of time we spend in the building, in the locker room, in the field, and the weight room, all of that in the film room. It's a very, very small percentage. And
0: when we were talking with the uh, supervisor of officials, Alberto Riveron, a couple days ago, he told us a football game because of how the clock runs, it's 15 minutes of action yeah. throughout an entire game, and that's yep. about to get smaller with the clock moving at right. the first downs. Like, have you – had to dive into that at all to understand what the rules are and how the clock's going to be moving now?
4: Not too much. Um, I think it affects the game a little bit less than I think uh, the media was blowing it up to be. But the reality is a 60-minute game gets stretched into three-plus hours, which is a long, long time for us to be you know, on the field for those media timeouts and stuff. That are ha-
0: have you been exposed? Hard. See, this is something. You, don't, you probably don't know this. Yeah. You guys are going to have something happen. In your season, that has never happened in the history of the Atlantic Coast Conference, going back to 1953. You guys will not play a team from the state of North Carolina this year. That has never happened in the history of the ACC. So, I have bad news for you. It means you're not going to get any Bojangles, if you ever come that to
4: it. That is bad news. Yeah, that's not good news. I don't
0: know if you've ever had Bojangles. I have. Okay. I like See... You're about good. it. It's good chicken. It's good. I didn't. I. I don't know where is it this falls. This is promotion. No, it's not. Oh, okay. I, we. <laughs> they can way. pay. You could say bad things about Bojangles. The <laughs> yeah. matter. Either they're, way, they're not paying us. This is our choice. Say, say whatever you want. It is. That's right. We bring it up because that's the staple here in North Carolina, and I no feel worries. a responsibility to let you know while you're here what our staples are about. Like Bryce Young's now a spokesman for Bojangles.
4: It's really good. That's There's it. no denying it. It's really good. One day. We got it a lot last year. Did you? NC State and um, Wake. See, that's enough. The,
0: the entire BC basketball team. Yeah. I forget who it was. It might have been Quentin Post. I was telling everybody, yeah. hey, you, you need to get Bojangle. It so, was
1: Quentin Post. It was. Yeah.
0: yeah. He, he was letting everybody know. Yep. So I'm glad you really? know and that no. you're familiar. I hope you have fun today, Emmett Moorhead, and I hope you have a great year as well. And I thanks. really do appreciate you spending the time.
4: Yeah. Well, thanks. Appreciate you having me. There you go. Hey. Keep that flow up.
0: We will. We will. You I do the it. same, I'm
4: keep buddy. I'll just keep growing it.
1: Yep. I'll probably see you along the way. We'll ha- we'll, right. we'll, we'll we'll get a picture or something.
0: All right. Hey, no, Absolutely. I know where we'll see you. December in Charlotte, ACC championship game. That's I'm right. Be there. That's I'd all love right. I more than anything to be there. So and that, be that flow there. will be the reason why. You'll remember. That's right. You'll remember. Oh yeah, I'm the guy with the flow. Mm-hmm. Like when the press conference. Because right. nobody, nobody else in happening.
1: the press has a flow like mine. Nobody no one does. So no one. we'll do it. Not
0: too.
6: You got it, man. <laughs> Top two. That's right.
0: Top two. Not two. Not two. That's Emmett Moorhead. It's only right if we're at ACC kickoff in Charlotte that we bring in some folks from Winston-Salem. Wake Forest linebacker Chase Jones is kind enough to join us here. And Chase, I just want to know what today is like for you when you walk in here and there are bright lights and TV cameras and... There's radio setups, and there are breakout rooms, and everybody's asking a ton of questions, and you probably get the same question over
5: and over again. Like, What
0: is this experience like for a player walking in?
5: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's my first time being here. It's been kind of a whirlwind, uh, just kind of getting pulled from room to room, uh, and a bunch of different questions. But uh, so far, it's been an enjoyable experience, and you know, I'm grateful to have the opportunity to be here. What's the most common question you've been asked today? Most common question. Uh, I thought there's been a good mix today. Um, That's good. Maybe what game I'm most excited about. Got that one a couple of times.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. Well, what game are you most excited about? I always say uh, the, the first next game. game. Yes, sir. The first game. So Elon, most excited. Pretty
0: good. See Chase Jones. Pretty good. Uh, your dad is a Virginia Tech guy, right?
5: He is. He uh, he went there. He uh, went there undergraduate, and uh, he born and raised in Virginia. So. How happy or unhappy is he that starting
0: this year, Virginia Tech is a permanent opponent that Wake is going to play every year?
5: Yeah, he's pretty excited about that. Uh, we played him back in 2019, and he was at that game, so it was pretty cool for him to be able to sit in the stands at Lane Stadium and see uh, see me out there. So. What did
0: Dad wear
5: to Lane Stadium that he day? Wore, he wore black and gold that day, uh, but uh, the Hokies got us that day, so I think he's, uh, he might have been a little excited on the ride home. Walk us through defensively. Chase Jones, Wake linebacker joining us here. What
0: your understanding of Brad Lambert's defense is right now as we currently sit versus a year ago, going into your first year with Coach Lambert here?
5: Yeah, uh, I would say just miles and miles ahead of uh, where we were at last year. Here in the defense, you get to start learning more of the little details and nuances of the defense. And that's been cool to sit down with Coach Spencer and go over some more of the detail and fine detail of the defense. So that's been good.
0: Could the defense be a strength of this year's team when you consider you're back and there are a lot of dudes, especially in the secondary, that are returning?
5: I think so. Uh, like you said, I mean, secondary has a bunch of dudes that play a lot of football games and are really good players. And I think up front we're, we're very talented too, just guys haven't played as many games. Um, but we have a lot of guys up front think are going to turn a lot of heads. So I'm excited.
0: How many years have you been
5: at Wake Forest now? This is going into my
0: fifth year at Wake. Your fifth year at Wake. So for the first four years you're at Wake, there was a guy wearing the number 10 jersey that was wearing a red jersey whenever you were at practice. What does the red jersey mean for a defensive player? Don't hit him. Don't touch him. You can't hit him. That guy who's wearing the number 10 jersey is going to be wearing a visiting uniform when you play him in Notre Dame this year. How excited are you to finally get a chance to hit Sam Hartman? You you've never had
5: a chance to do it. Yeah, uh, Sam. You know, Sam's a good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's gonna be that's gonna be a good, a good game. It's gonna be a fun game. Uh, but you know, I think it's it's a big thing not to get too uh, too emotional into it and just treat it like another another big game that we that we have to win.
0: Yeah, so. you could be you could be friends and still take care of your job. One of the best stories I was ever told. Uh, my buddy David Garrard who used to play in the league and was an East Carolina Pirate. He, he told me he was great friends with Julius Peppers, both North Carolina guys, and he said every time Peppers would sack him, he'd mm-hmm. say under his breath, sorry, bro. <laughs> every single time he'd say that.
5: I don't know. Like, when you hit a quarterback, do, do you ever say anything to them? Uh, I don't. I'm not a a big trash talker. Uh, I kind of just like to let my play do the talking. Well,
0: it doesn't have to be trash. It could be like, man, like you know the person. Yeah. I I don't know. Like, I mean, in Sam's case, you might actually be sorry. Like, are you okay, man? (laughs) You okay, bro? Yeah,
5: we'll see. That's caring. We'll see. We'll see.
0: Chase Jones, trying to have a little bit of fun today. Really do appreciate you visiting, and we look forward to getting to know you better throughout the year. All right. Thank you. So we go from Wake Forest linebacker Chase Jones to Wake Forest offensive lineman Michael Juergens, that's joining the show with us. Now, we got to start here. Chase Jones is rushing. You're (laughs) trying to block. Nine times or 10 times this happens. What happens on those 10 snaps? Here on air, I think I'm just gonna have to say 50 50. Five, he he wins five. It's one of my favorite stats. I don't know what stats you value as an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. but one of the easiest ones to interpret is win percentage, where it's like, yeah, you either get beat
7: or you you beat whoever you're blocking. Right. Seems pretty straightforward, right? It is pretty straightforward until you start to look at our offense for a little bit <laughs> and realize, you know, there are some plays where it's a pretty objective thing are
0: there analytics and things that you value that you actually look at
7: yeah that's a good question um I think there are but I think it's kind of hard like I said with our offense it's kind of hard to interpret a lot of things um so you know you can do some research on your own I think more in terms of scouting purposes there are things to do for it um it's kind of hard to technique wise offensive play wise of course offensively like efficiency and things like that we can We spent a lot of time analyzing, but I think specifically our offensive line play is kind of hard to analyze. How long did it take you to
0: understand just how sophisticated that was and really when you arrive at Wake how important that first year is when you're not playing, when you're redshirting?
7: Yeah, um, it was a big change. So I played in like a wing tee in high school. Um, You know, I used to be told my back should be flat enough for my stance that my coach could put a 40-ounce beer on there and it wouldn't spill a drop. Um, and then things changed a lot at Wake. That took a long time to get used to, and it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you get there and you're drowning and you're treading water and you don't know what to do, and then you get to the end of your first year and you think you know what you're doing, and then you actually start to learn the offense and you realize you have no idea what you're doing all over again. Um, So really just humbling yourself in our offense and asking questions, you know. Michael
0: Michael Juergens is with us here. You're from Maryland. You're talking about playing the wing tee in high school football. Does that mean you grew up a Maryland fan? Like, were you rooting for Maryland growing up in the ACC, like watching ACC? Yeah,
7: actually. So I actually had um, on my windowsill in my room I had the (laughs) ACC helmets sitting up there. Uh, My dad went to Maryland, and my brother actually went there too. So, yeah, we grew up Maryland fans.
0: My entire family are still Terp fans. Is
7: that right? And honestly – they
0: miss being in the league. Like yeah. You hear all this realignment stuff. I do miss Maryland. Like every year, they would play NC State, and that'd be a yeah. fun game. They beat Philip Rivers every time they played him.
7: Yeah, yeah, it'd be great to uh, be great to get to go back up there and play well, every year. But well,
0: fortunately, there is a series in the future. It's going to be after Michael Jurgens is gone. At oh, Wake is that Forest. right? I didn't yeah, know that. There's a home and home that Wake Forest has with Maryland. Oh, cool. A few years from now. So as an alum, right? May, well, you're going to be playing in the league, so you'll have to work that out. Hopefully, or maybe it'll be a homecoming weekend or something like that. Uh, or a bye week in the NFL. Got to get the terminology right. Please tell me you're an Orioles fan. Just
7: tell me that. It'll make me feel good. So, this is the thing. So, I didn't grow up in a baseball household. Okay. So, I kind of take the philosophy of whoever's doing better between the Nats and the O's. That's who I'm a fan of. So, So I go birds. Or- I am an Orioles fan. You hear that, That's WD? Right. Yeah. You hear
1: that, Will? Yep, birds.
0: <laughs> birds. He has the scroll, the things that we like that are newsworthy <laughs> on the show. Michael Jurgens <laughs> is. A Baltimore Orioles fan, even if it's just for this year, you know that's a thing that people did in North Carolina forever, like or at least since ninety five. in
7: the no
0: NFL, like you, the joke would always be that there are people who have a Cam Newton jersey and a Robert Griffin jersey in their closet. Uh. It's like, well, who's better between Washington and Carolina? That's the team I'm rooting for. There you go. <laughs> Michael Jurgens is an O's fan. So we do it. Thus, this is my favorite interview that we've <laughs> done today. I, I think it is. Okay, what's the most common question you've been asked?
7: Oh, man, um, there are a lot of questions about which animal I would be, which animal I could take in a cage match. Is it because um, of the beard? I don't know. That just seems like a theme this year. Oh. Um, Football-related question, though. Uh, obviously, it's all about, you know, how is Mitch going to do? Oh, it's about it's about Mitch? It's not about the other guy? Yeah, actually, correct, actually, shockingly enough. That I was actually – I joked with Coach Claus, and I was going to print out some cards uh, that just said, Sam is a great person, friend, and football player. He gave his all to Wake Forest, and we're happy for him. Mitch is also a great friend, person, and football (laughs) player, and we're excited to see what he's going to do. And every time, just, there you go.
0: I asked Chase, I'm like, your first four years here, that number 10 is wearing a red jersey, meaning you can't hit him. He's going to finally get a chance to do so (laughs) then. I wonder, like, on the sideline, are you going to have PTSD at all? Like, seeing guys try to hit Sam Hartman, (laughs) knowing that, for years, your job was to protect him?
7: That's a good question. Um, I hadn't thought about that. Um, to be honest, I don't I don't even watch the defense when they're out there. <laughs> uh, you You're, know, I'm just trying to breathe. out on the and I make some adjustments.
0: I picture um, you like a mothering figure where it's like, I don't want to see a guy that I love yeah. get hit even though he's against my team. It's going to be tough. It's going to be weird. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, well, that's what we do. We make people think here on WSJS. Oh, I got to know. What is the caged animal question? Like, how did you answer
7: that? I spent about forty-five seconds saying, "Um." Uh. While you were thinking, filibustering <laughs> is what we
0: call that in the business, trying to figure
7: it out. Yeah. Um, Maybe a doing bear it again. A bear? I don't. I don't think I have a shot. Um, you, you know what to do. He's got a method really, for this. I was this. just trying to avoid. This, this is true. Like, you know what to do with a bear.
0: Allegedly, like, okay, a lot of there are bears. It, no, it's not allegedly. This <laughs> is fact. This is like legitimately what you. do. Oh, You get big, right? You get big. Yeah. And, and you have this,
7: hay bear. Hey Both bear. hands up. Hey, Bear. I was just trying to stay away from uh, ACC mascots because you never know how that all gets twisted. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at Michael Juergens. Cover it. You should
0: say like a terrapin, a tur- like, <laughs> yeah, like a turtle. A one, yeah. They're not in
7: the league. Yeah. I'm from Maryland.
0: Turtle. Do something. Oriole. Oriole's a good one. Mm. See? Michael Juergens, try to have some fun today, man. Appreciate you yes, doing sir. this.
7: Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Here at ACC kickoff, where we're going to have to wait until the games start before we figure out who the best team is or who the best players are, but I think the fight for best name in the ACC already settled by the guy sitting next to us. That is Virginia quarterback Tony Musket that is joining us. When your last name's Musket, does that mean you had to be a quarterback? Is that how that works? (laughs) Um,
6: I don't know. I get that question a ton nowadays. Um. what's interesting is my older brother actually played quarterback as well. So he probably got it more than I did because he kind of made a name for it first and then I kind of was just the second one coming. But, uh, no, I get asked that question a ton and, you know, credit to my dad's side of the family for uh, keeping the name alive and making sure I can get it and be in this position.
0: All right. We need to figure out a nickname for Tony <laughs> Musket. Is it – what What do you like most? Tony Rifle? Tony uh, – what do we got here? Tony Musketeer? Like what? what do you get called? I mean, I've gonna be called everything you could ever think of, but <laughs>
4: I'm trying.
6: My thing is, I think with a name like mine, I'm not. I just, just me being honest. I think it just sounds good keeping it Tony Musket. Like it's not. If it was, you know, a normal name like Tony Johnson, you might need to come up with something creative to make it quarterback applicable. But I feel like Musket already fits the. I think you're right. Memo, so.
0: Tony Musket from Virginia is with us. So you're from the state of Virginia. Correct. You played in the Big South at Monmouth, transferring into Charlottesville. So, given where you're from, how much did you follow the ACC growing up?
6: Um, so, I didn't start playing football till I was seven. And so, you know, I would obviously watch college, NFL, probably more NFL when I was a little kid. And then getting into middle school when I started playing, my brother was now the quarterback at our high school. Uh, I really got into it a lot. So, um, you know, ACC being the local, the local network and the local schools, I would watch them, you know, every weekend in the fall, go play your high school game and then come back and turn on college football and watch. And so... Uh, yeah, I was definitely a fan of, you know, all the Virginia schools and, and watching them play all these nationally ranked programs and all that. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, I went up to Monmouth and played there for a couple of years and then came into the portal and coming home was an option and I couldn't pass it up being, you know, an hour and a half from, from where I grew up and having all my friends and family. It's just a dream come true to be able to play here. It's a
0: very cool thing. Tony Musket is with us here. But does that apply to basketball too? Like were you a fan of ACC basketball teams too when you were in middle school and high school?
6: I mean, everybody watched Duke. Everybody's always watched Duke. Ah. Um, I was UVA, you know, I feel like mid-2010s. They started really to get upper echelon. And so yeah, that's when those I
0: Duke games were crazy. They'd always yeah. play against Virginia.
6: Yeah, so I would watch those and obviously root for UVA. Um, but, yeah, I was always more of a football guy. I, I, I do love basketball, and I did play basketball all growing up, so I do have a love for it. But I was always, you know, watching-wise as a viewer, I always loved watching football more.
0: Okay. So I'm trying to just do the math in my head. Like some of the quarterbacks for Virginia Tech and Virginia, you grew up watching. It must have been post-Marcus Vick, like at Virginia Tech. I'm just trying to think about these teams. Like you had – I mean, they were pretty good teams, the end of Frank Beamer. And yep. now at Virginia, I mean, Bronco Mendenhall had his fair share yep. of great seasons as well. Um, the obvious thing to talk about is an uncomfortable thing with what happened at Virginia last year. Since you're new to it, like you just you walk on campus, and quarterback always leans itself to being a leader. Like, how do you like walk that line with being with your brothers through what's been tough? I'm sure, mm-hmm. while also acknowledging I-, I wasn't there for this.
6: Yeah, um, obviously it's a little complicated. A tragedy like that is something that I pray no one you know, ever has to go through again, all those families and all those involved. Um, so coming into that environment as a transfer, it's really just anything you can do to help. Yeah. Obviously, I wasn't there, but I, I, I do have a deep passion and love for the, the UVA community and my teammates. And so whatever I can do to help, whether it's just, you know, listening to them if they need me to listen, you know, being a shoulder for them to lean on or just, just praying for them, anything I can do to, to, you know, help them through this process, I want to do that and be that brother for them.
0: Let's get to something else here. You're back at in, you're back in Virginia. You're in Charlottesville. I married into Virginia fandom and stuff. I'm still learning the language. Yeah. Like, have you picked everything up? Like, I guess you would be like a fifth year, like a, a, or is it a year five or a fifth so, year? yeah,
6: I'm. It's I'm technically a fourth year. And fourth that's, year. You can't yeah you can't say senior. You can't say sophomore. It's all okay. first, second, third, fourth, fifth year, all that stuff. It's not campus. It's not campus. You're on grounds. That's right. These are things.
0: Home, who do you guys play homecomings weekend? Oh, gotta, I, haven't, I haven't heard that one yet. Okay. It's homecomings with an S. Homecomings weekend. You've got to learn homecomings weekend. Okay. These are things I learned. <laughs> last thing for you real quick. First games against Tennessee. Yes, sir. Me and my wife, we try to go to a new stadium every year. We went to Neyland for the first time last year. You're not playing in mm-hmm. Knoxville. Yep. But, like, what's the – coming from Monmouth, what's the biggest crowd you think you've played in front of? The biggest stadium you think you've played in?
6: Um I played at North Carolina A and T. They're on HBCU down in North Carolina.
0: And it was, oh, it you're was on in Greensboro right now. People were <laughs> listening to you yeah. at North Carolina A and T. It was
6: their homecoming. Um so I uh, think called it the greatest homecoming. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, so <coughs> I was able to uh play there. That must have been at least twenty, twenty five thousand. But uh obviously we beat them. If anybody's listening out there. <laughs> but, they um, they are and they remember. <laughs> but um but no, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of people there. I know that, but this like I said, this is what you know you transfer up to do. I want to play in front of these people. I want to show that I can compete with the best in the country. And so, having that opportunity week one to go play at the Titan Stadium, man, I mean I couldn't wish for anything more, and I can't wait to do it. Did
0: you hear any stories about the greatest homecoming ever while you were there?
6: Like I, I didn't. I mean I've heard talks, but just witnessing it was impressive for all those listeners out there it was very impressive the the crowd turnout and the participation
0: it was truly impressive yeah you never know who's there like i yeah. always get the text like oh by the way uh, beyonce's in town yeah, Jared oh.
6: smith was there on the sideline <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: tony Musket. it's good to have you you know right down the road the panthers play you know the red rifle andy dalton is <laughs> over there so down the road red rifle tony muskett's yeah, to in the gotta building do, here. Gotta do a collab <laughs> got to figure it out thanks for the time
6: yes sir thank you very much
0: you are listening to The Drive from ACC Media Day, Uptown Charlotte. NC State quarterback Brendan Armstrong just sat down with us. Out of habit, have you referred to NC State's campus as Grounds yet?
8: No, I mean Grounds was a transition for me and I'm just at to, Virginia. Yeah, at Virginia. So I was getting used to saying Grounds at Virginia. Campus just always just it's just it just it just like normal for me I should say okay. so when I say campus grounds shoot I would call Virginia campus here and there I would try to my best not to especially when I get out in these you know scenarios on live or on media or anything like that I would try to make sure I kept it to grounds but nah the transition is campus always for it's me. it's a language yeah.
0: I, I married into it yeah. my wife is a Virginia graduate yep. so I go back so. You haven't had the experience yet where it's you're walking past the bell tower and you're thinking, okay, this is very nice grounds. No, campus. No, uh, no, fine.
8: not yet. No. Okay, you, Shoot, I don't you, step much on campus. or I don't step much <laughs> on campus. When I'm there. See, look at it.
0: You, you, you know, you got to catch yourself a little bit. Have you called yourself a sixth year?
8: Yeah. Or just say an, I'm just the oldest that you could possibly be in college, I guess.
0: <laughs> okay. That's what I want on the graphic <laughs> for Brendan Armstrong. Sixth year. Old. Oldest, oldest you can possibly be possibly be quarterback brennan armstrong is joining us here on (laughs) wsjs you've been you know playing since 2018 you were in charlottesville Mm -hmm. your first few years where were you the night virginia basketball won a national championship of 2019 you were still there at that point
8: we were a bunch of the buddies were at some one of our guys' apartments we're hanging out we were in uh was it spring ball we have like i think we were yeah. in our spring schedule yeah because it was march right april so we, first yeah, week of april yeah so we were in our spring ball schedule and we knew that uh, we had i forget how it was i knew we could we knew we could get away with staying up late and watching the entire game and when they won we hauled to the corner everybody was at the corner so we just sprinted from our apartment all the way down to the corner I forget. I think we just had a lift and, like, some meetings that next day because we were, like, on practice, off the next day, like, yeah. practice uh, off. So, uh, sprinted to the corner, partied up. It was awesome. The corner, Enjoyed it.
0: Is that where – by the way, there you go. Brendan Armstrong, oldest quarterback, quarterback you can possibly, possibly be yeah, from yeah. NC State who's yeah. joining us here yeah. on WSGS. Is part of the corner that really tight yeah. bar that had, like, a picture of Jefferson, like, um, right there on the wall? Yeah. Is that is that it's the just, one?
8: I don't. I'm trying to describe. It. I mean, I, there are I, booths on the right side, and it's very tight yeah. and sticky. Well, it's like there's a, the train tracks that go underneath. Yeah, it's underneath that. So like there's the train tracks that's above you, and it's just like that's the corner, right? And it just the cars are kind of stripped through there. So like everybody was there. The entire I mean, campus was there. Grounds, whatever. The whole school was there. <laughs> and then we were just like, wow, this is insane. Because obviously it was the first experience to national championship. Everyone's going nuts. So that was fun. That's what we did though.
0: Brennan Armstrong is hanging out with us. You're a redhead like me. Yep. Down the road, Bank of America Stadium, where you could be playing in an ACC championship game in December if all things go right, they have the Red Rifle.
8: Yeah. They Andy do. Don. Andy Dalton, right? Andy Dalton. Yep.
0: Do you have any nicknames?
8: Uh, people say Red Rocket. I didn't give myself that one. Um, it, people just come up with different things, and I just kind of stick with it. I'm really cool with whatever they want to call me.
0: WD, you know what to do.
9: I,
1: I love the Red
8: Rocket. That's
0: Red fantastic. Rocket. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, Red Rocket, Brendan Armstrong, so, yeah, hanging whatever, out with us here.
8: Whatever they want to throw out, throw out there, I'm cool with. It's everyone's preference.
0: Philip Rivers was in town for an NIL event last week. Have you ever had a chance to meet any of the great state quarterbacks yet? Philip Rivers, Russell Wilson, any uh, of those guys?
8: Have not yet. I knew he was in town. Um haven't. Nope. I was lucky enough to meet Matt Schaub at Virginia. I think hopefully I'm lucky enough here to meet one of them, right? hopefully by the time I'm done here. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, I know he was in town. It was a big old event. Saw a bunch of pictures from it.
0: Brendan Armstrong, welcome to NC State. Welcome to the state of North Carolina Into Media Day. The Red Rocket, the oldest quarterback you could possibly be, joining us here on WSJS. It was a (laughs) pleasure. We look forward to getting to know you Um, better.
8: Appreciate it. Thank you, guys.
0: So since we just talked to the self-proclaimed Red Rocket, Brennan Armstrong just a few minutes ago from NC State. We figure we bring in, by the way, this would make his day if you bring that up to him later. I'm, I'm uh, Aiden White it. is hanging out with us. Move uh, the mic closer to oh, your mouth way. right here. So we got it. See, this is media. Yeah. Usually we're in your domain. Is this good? That's perfect. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Aiden White, NC State corner, is joining us. Yeah, next time you see Brennan Armstrong, tell him, what's up, Red Rocket? <laughs> and he'll know what's up because apparently at Virginia, that's what they called him, You can't be Red Rifle because right down the road is Bank of America Stadium that way. Andy Dalton's already got that nickname. I think it might be trademarked. Do do you have any nicknames, Aiden White?
9: Uh, Me? Uh, I say in the Murph, they just call me a dog, A-Dub, A-White. a A dog, uh, Three, whatever. Three? Yeah, three. I I know when they're talking to me, so I know when to respond. Any of those names, I know they're talking about me.
0: Okay. A Dog Aiden White joining us on WSJS. Tell me about the influence that Tanner Ingle has had on you the last few years because everybody I talk to at state has told me that the perfect type of DB, perfect type of safety to have is him. So in that room what like, what influence do you have on you?
9: I say Tanner he's a he's one of them guys that's going to go out there every day and you're one of the guys that you need to Murph just to be a role model especially as me coming in as a freshman. And seeing how hard he play, coach. That's what that's, those are the couple. Coach, my fault. Those are the type of guys coach Gibby loves, and yeah. you just see that, and that just makes you want to play even harder, knowing that you got a guy like that beside you playing.
0: Right. How much confidence has the last few years given you, when you consider all the success you've had as one of the best scoring defenses in the league?
9: Uh, for myself, I would say after after the first game last season. And I knew like this is my first time really starting, that I could really do this. Like this is, this is meant for me, and I could be one of the guys that established on this defense to help lead us to where we need to go. But I say with um, Coach Gibby does a great job with us all in all. So he has us playing fast. So the, the scheme is not that uh, hard, so it's easy for us to make plays.
0: Who's more strict, more rigid, Coach Gibby or Coach Doran?
9: Uh, I say they they right there hand in hand. But i probably say Co- Coach Gibby because. He don't like when you mess up on the defense. But if you're going 100%, he'll, he'll accommodate for it, but no no mess ups.
0: Do you hear more when you do make a mistake? Do you hear more from Coach Gibby on the sideline or during a game, or is it in film study or film review after the game?
9: Um, It depends what you mess up on. But it can, it, it can, it'll it be both. If you if you do something bad, you are definitely hear it on the field, and you are definitely hear it again in the, uh, in the film room.
0: What's the thing that you know is his number one, don't mess this up, DFU, don't bleep it up type of thing.
9: Uh, it's your effort. If Say say you mess up on a play and you and you give a half effort. You're coming out that next play and you probably won't get put in for the rest of the game. He's big on 100% effort. And that's what I think a lot of people see with our defense. We're flying around 100% of the time. There, there, I don't think there's a lot of solo tackles on our defense because like, everybody's rallying to the ball.
0: Has Peyton Wilson introduced to you like cowboy boots, country music culture, any of that at all? Has it infiltrated your psyche?
9: Uh, they play a little bit in the locker room sometimes, but most of the time in the locker room, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of rap, a lot of R and B. So, are you on much. the ox? I mean, I can get on the ox, but a lot of times it's whoever it's whoever first get there. That's who's on the ox.
0: See, usually in the pros, it's usually quarterback. Like I remember when I first started covering the Panthers, mm-hmm. the speaker was it next to Cam's locker, mm. and Cam, after wins, it was always Beyonce. And you know, irreplaceable would be blaring every <laughs> single time. So I I don't know like what what are we listening to after a win? Like what what whether it's you on the ox or someone else, what's blaring in the NC State locker room?
9: It depends what's hot at the time. Like right now, little uh, little baby Rallo mm. Rodriguez that's hot right now. So that's playing in the locker room every day. I personally like uh, G Herbo. I like Tim's. She's a, a R&B singer, so w- a lot of that.
0: Little baby, turn me up. Uh huh. Yeah, that that, that will get yeah. – see, I'm going to a wedding this weekend. my sister's getting married. She asked me, do you have any requests for the wedding, like what we do reception? Right. I had one thing that I've asked for. And it's the same thing I asked for at my wedding a year ago. Knuck <laughs> if you buck by yep. the crime mob <laughs> 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 needs to play. Like last night we were like at a get-together, like an, a rooftop bar, because it's not like a Charlotte get-together unless there's a rooftop bar. And I, they played knuck if you buck, and I almost got in a fight. Oh, man. <laughs>
9: That's definitely want I get the people going. It
0: does. It does. Aiden White, you get the people going. Or uh, my apologies, A-Dog. See? <laughs> A-Dog, number three, NC State corner, joining us, getting the people going. Really do appreciate the time for you. Try to have some fun today.
9: Yes, sir. I appreciate you.